Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. I want to thank you for joining us as we take a look at the book. In the next couple of moments, we're going to think about Babylon, biblical Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. But Babylon has been in existence now for 4,500 years. Let me think that through with you in just a moment. By the way, I am going to present this, and it is from a five-hour series a audio series, by the way, entitled The Babylon Factor. We deal with the situation that's going on in the Middle East and why the United States military is there. This is very important for you to understand in the times in which we're living. So if you would like to have your copy of The Babylon Factor, if you'll stay tuned after we have our study, I'll give you the information that will assist you in making your order. But right now, Let's think about Babylon down through history. This morning we looked at Islam. We said that Islam, that so-called religion of today, I believe originated in the mind of Satan, is basically a prototype of that which will be in place in the last days. Tomorrow morning we'll be looking at Revelation chapters 17 and 18 and we'll be dealing with actually how this is all going to conclude, what the final prophecies will be for Babylon and that one world government and the one world religion established some 4,500 years ago by Nimrod as we have studied. After the time together, Abel Habib, our dear doctor brother down here, came up and said, and this dear brother was a real compliment to me. He said, you hit the nail right on the head. And I was honored that he said that. He's Lebanese. He grew up among these people. You know what he told us afterwards? He said, the people here do not understand. He said, all throughout my childhood, I went to the mosque and they told us to hate Jews and hate Christians and kill Jews and kill Christians. And that's happening across the world. You see, I barely touched the hem of the garment, and here was a brother endorsing what I said. He brought in some interesting facts to me about Turkey, which is a non-Arab country, but a very Islamic country. 99% of the entire population Islamic. And how now that they have taken in Israel, supposedly, but they are basically against the Arab world, dating back to 1900s, early 1900s, when the Ottoman Empire fell. And it's total subterfuge. Turkey will be involved in those nations attacking Israel. But uh, now the balance is being kept between Turkey and the Arab world through Israel itself. I'm very aware of the fact that Islam is the fastest growing religion in the world. Now we have 1.2 billion Muslim people. That's one out of every five people. In 2004, the statistics tell us we'll have one in every four will be Muslim. That will be 1.5 billion. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but it has been mandated that seventh graders across the country be taught Islam. Let me read this to you. And it's surfaced first in the California schools. California public school students must attend an intensive three-week course of Islam They are to learn the tenets of Islam, study the important figures of the faith, wear a robe, adopt a Muslim name, stage their own jihad. 
They're to be taught to pray in the name of Allah, the compassionate, the merciful, and are instructed to chant praise to Allah, Lord of creation. They received a handout, a history of Islam, the life of Muhammad. They are to learn the five pillars of the faith, the 10 key Islamic prophets and disciples to be studied. They teach Islam to be the true religion and students are taught about Islam and how to pray to Allah. The book that they have is entitled Across the Centuries and it's being mandated for seventh graders in California public schools and across the nation. We had better wake up. Islam has increased 537% in the last 10 years. Christianity has increased 49%. We are in dear trouble. And that is how Satan is moving into the world to program the world to be ready for a one world religion, a one world government in which the Antichrist will come to take charge of. I thought it would be appropriate as we prepare to see now how it's all going to culminate to look at Babylon and follow it through the word of God and through history itself. Go to the book of Daniel, if you will, with me. The book of Daniel. There are two prophets that prophesied prior, excuse me, prophesied during the Babylonian captivity. The two prophets are Daniel and Ezekiel. There are three prophets that prophesied after the Babylonian captivity. Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Those are the last three prophets of the Old Testament, of the major and minor prophets. So two prophesied during the Babylonian captivity, Daniel and Ezekiel. Three prophesied after Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. And all the rest of the prophets prophesied before the Babylonian captivity. Babylonian captivity beginning in 605 B.C. One of the major prophets that prophesied just as they were entering into, about to culminate, and in chapter 52 of the book of Jeremiah, was the prophet Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Jeremiah prophesied prior to that time. So the contemporary prophets, the Babylonian era prophets, would have been Daniel, Ezekiel, and Jeremiah. What happened is Nebuchadnezzar, who was the crown prince at the time, went down, went over to Assyria. He defeated the Assyrians. He there then drove the Egyptians back through that land bridge, which is modern-day Israel, into Egypt. In the process of returning, because his father had died, he received the news that he had now become king of Babylon. He goes through the land bridge once again, called Israel. I call it a land bridge because it touches three continents, Asia, Europe, and Africa. And so this land bridge was a natural for him to travel back to Babylon. As he did, he went by Jerusalem. He saw a temple. He saw them worshiping a God they did, he did not know anything about, the almighty eternal God of our Bible. And he took, uh, you probably heard this phrase before, some hostages with him. Daniel and the three Hebrew children, he takes them back into the captivity, several other thousand with them, and they take these four especially to go back and become wise men. This is Daniel chapter 1. They're all 15 or younger. They go into the, uh, into the captivity, and this is in 605 B.C. when they're taken into the Babylonian captivity. They are taught to the Chaldean language, the culture of Chaldea. They're supposed to be able to eat the food of Chaldea. And of course, they asked for permission not to do that. And they were just allowed to eat kosher. So that's exactly what they were allowed to do. And they were 10 times fairer than all those that had been eating from the king's table itself. This is Daniel. This is 605 B.C. 
Several years later, 597 BC, the Babylonians come back. This is the second trip into the area of Jerusalem and Israel. They come in, they take Ezekiel and about 10,000 of the Jewish people, and they take them back to Babylon. They actually go to a place, Ezekiel chapter 2 tells us, called Tel Aviv. It's not the Tel Aviv that we know in modern day Israel, but the Tel Aviv, which was actually on a tributary leading out of the Euphrates River, just side, outside of the city of Babylon. They were kind of country cousins, and so those 10,000 with Ezekiel stood there in that location, a part of the Babylonian captivity. 586 B.C., on Tisha B'Av, the ninth day of the Jewish month of Av, they came in again. This time, Nebuchadnezzar destroys the temple, desecrates the city of Jerusalem, and takes all the rest of the Jews except Jeremiah and a handful. Jeremiah and that little group that he had with him actually goes into Egypt. They do not go into the Babylonian captivity. They went into Egypt. Actually, Jeremiah was forced by these and taken into Egypt. But all the rest of the Jews go into the Babylonian captivity. And this becomes known in prophetic literature as the times of the Gentiles. It is the time when the Gentile world rulers will take charge over two things, and this is what qualifies it as the times of the Gentiles, the city of Jerusalem and the Jewish people. If indeed the Gentiles are controlling the city of Jerusalem and the Jewish people, it is in the period of the times of the Gentiles. It started the beginning of it, the first stages of it, 605, concluding with 586 BC as all the Jews are taken into the Babylonian captivity. By the way, that's an interesting phrase, the times of the Gentiles. Jesus Christ in his Olivet Discourse, not really referred to in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, but in Luke, a comparative passage of Scripture, chapter 21, verse 24, he says this, And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until he comes back. In fact, that fit perfectly with the prophecy that Daniel had translated for Nebuchadnezzar, chapter 2, had had in his own vision, chapter 7 of the book of Daniel. The times of the Gentiles would we be concluded when Jesus Christ comes back. And so this period, and by the way, some have thought that in 67, when the Jewish people captured the Temple Mount again, that was the end of the times of the Gentiles. Incorrect. The Jews do not control the Temple Mount. Thank you so very much for joining us for this look at the book. The Babylon Factor is the name, the title of a five-hour audio series that I have done that focuses on Babylon for the end times. Now, we've just thought about Babylon down through history, and we came to the understanding that Babylon has never been destroyed. It will be destroyed, and that's why the United States military is in modern-day Iraq, which, by the way, of course, is biblical Babylon. If you'd like more information along this line to have your own study, you can get your five-hour audio series entitled The Babylon Factor by calling our toll-free number. That's 877-674-3298. Now, that's toll-free from across America. Let me give it to you again, 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website and go to our shopping mall and make your order that way. The address for our website, prophecytoday.com. And the name of that five-hour audio series on CD, The Babylon Factor. I want to thank you for taking these moments to join us for this short study. 
may I encourage you to continue to study God's prophetic word. And as we do that together, we'll understand that the time of the rapture of the church is upon us. In fact, it could happen at any moment. And having said that, there's nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...